Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer of the Front Office News. And I'm JT Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. On Monday night, the Bearcats defeated UIC 69-58. to JT, thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Hey, it was a win, so that's that's the main thing. But the thing that I saw that was like, oh man, we gotta shore up is that rim protection, and you just think waiver, waiver, waiver. But I mean, right now you gotta play with them not being there, so they gotta be a lot more uh, um, stingy with the straight line drives and wall up a lot better at the rim. So um, that that was the one thing I saw, but. It, the, on the positive side, it seemed like a team, even though CMOS was off, he shot a lot of good shots. Um, shots that I, I think Wes will live with. Only one I think was that like running floater. He didn't like that one. I didn't like that one either. Um, he should have just shot him a pull up jumper. But uh, I thought the team, they showed a lot of firepower, even though every like Vic didn't have his best game at all. CMOS didn't have his best game. Those are two main guys. And they still were able to score pretty solid. And they didn't shoot great from three. And I think they got a lot of good looks. I think only out of the 25 threes, only a couple of them were bad shots, maybe one or two. And that was it. So you get that many good looking threes. I think at the end of the day, most of them are going to fall. And you're not going to shoot 100%. But I think they're going to be shooting around like the 40, 40, low 40s, high 30 clip most of the season. Neil, thoughts on the performance? Yeah, well, obviously. I think, as JT touched on, the rim protection was the biggest thing. Obviously, it seems like UIC was just getting to the rim whenever they could. I think at one point, like, I had it tracked. They had, like, 36 points in the paint, which is crazy. But overall, I mean, you look down, like, Seamus had a an off-shooting night. I don't think you'll ever see him shoot two for 11 again. I mean, that's just – if you've watched him play, like, two for 11 is unheard of. For Seamus Lukosius, I really was impressed with how the guards played, though, with Day-Day Thomas and Jizzle James. I thought uh, Day-Day lived, lived up for his moment. I mean, first D1 game, he leads the Bearcats in scoring. Uh, team high, 14 points. And he had one where he had the steal out and breakaway in the breakaway and came down, threw a hammer down right in front of the uh, right in front of the student section. So he made sure to talk about that a little bit in his press game, uh, press conference post game, talk about the environment, how he was really excited to be there and he was happy of his performance. But overall, I mean, the rim protection was something that really stood out for me. And I mean, yeah, Vic had uh, an off night. Seamus had an off night, but Vic is going to be a guy they're going to heavily rely on. And I mean, we saw that. I mean, he's basically been all off season practicing with guys like Jamil and Aziz thinking at this point in time in the season that both of them were going to be out there to play. Because they can still practice. I don't know if people forget about that. Like, since the waiver got denied, Aziz and Jamil can still practice. They just can't play in, in the games or anything. So, I think people kind of forget about that aspect. So, I think he's used to going up against those guys every day. And then that one bad, one bad game to start the season. But, well, there was a lot of positives to take away from Monday night's win over UIC. Yeah, I agree with uh, everything you guys said. Um, and we got to remember – Early season games are sloppy. The first games are usually the sloppiest. And at times, I think the Bearcat team was sloppy. Um, but there were some positives to take away. And you have to really look at game one at the positives you can take away because this team's going to get better and better as the year goes on. And if we get the two waivers, like I've said before, and you guys have said, watch out. Um, the other thing about this game, too, is you know, UIC was no pushover. They were better than I thought they were going to be. 
Um, they challenged us in a lot of areas. And, you know, sometimes you see teams play in the first game. They play teams that are just absolutely garbage and they run right through them. Um, this UIC team was not a pushover. Um, so quickly, positives. Um, and I think for the most part, like JT said, I think we took good shots. We just missed them. I think part of it was jitters first game. Uh, we're going to make those shots. Um, CJ Frederick, I thought looked great. Um, he's what Bearcat fans wanted to see somebody to consistently knock down, uh, that three point shot. He looked really smooth, uh, shooting those shots. Um, like you said, Neil, um, I thought day day did a really, really nice job. Uh, first game. And I think the fans are going to love day day as the season uh, season goes on. Uh, he just plays with a smile on his face. It's like he's really excited to be out there and wants to learn and get better. Uh, areas of improvement, um, like JT said, the, those straight line drives to the basket and lack of rim protection. And I think that that's also um, when we talk about needing the waivers, Aziz is going to help with that rim protection. But our guards are going to have to stay in front of the basketball, plain and simple. Um, and if they don't get better ball pressure, it's going to happen a lot. Um, our help size has to be there. Um, Vic, uh, I guarantee you Vic will not play that poorly um, again. Um, as long as he's healthy and not in foul trouble, we will not see Vic play that poorly um, again. And I think he's holding himself accountable for that game. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we see a different uh, Vic Friday and Sunday. Um, now this weekend. The Bearcats play in the Cincinnati basketball tourney presented by Allegiant Air. Friday night, they take on Detroit Mercy at 7 p.m. And on Sunday, they take on Eastern Washington at noon. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solution. In this segment, we cover players to watch in key matchups. JT. Who are you looking forward to watch this weekend from the Bearcats and why? Okay, so this one will be, I don't know if it'll be a curveball, but reason why I'm going with this guy is because he didn't play in the first game and he's a hometown hero, Ray Von Griffin. So mm-hmm. everybody knows Ray was, was a top, I think, what, 65 player, top 60 player in the class. He didn't play. West went with a nine-man rotation um, after the game. He was asked, he said, you know, Ray will be fine. So I think Ray will get clocked this weekend, and I think he'll do good. I think I, I want to see how he does. Hopefully he doesn't press because he didn't play in that first game, but I want to see how he does. I just want to see the fans' reaction when he enters the game because I think Fifth Art Arena will explode. At the end of the UIC game, they were saying we want we want Ray. So it's one of those things um, – you know he might have a little bit of extra pressure being from from Cincinnati, but I think he'll 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 flourish. So I, I want him to get his jitters out so he can you know make a couple mistakes here and there, make a couple plays. So that's the guy I'm looking for this weekend against the, in these two games. Now, Neil, you have double duty today. Who do we need to watch out for from Detroit Mercy on Friday in Eastern Washington on Sunday? Yeah, so for uh, Detroit Mercy. This is a Detroit Mercy team that's going to look a lot different than the last few seasons. I mean, they do not have Antoine Davis, who uh, was searching for the NCAA all-time scoring record from a season ago. So they're now heavily on a guy where they have five returners, a lot of transfers coming in and familiar and new faces. So a guy to keep an eye on is a guy in Jaden Stone. He's a six-foot-four point guard. He's their leading scorer. And in their loss to Toledo earlier this week, he played 32 minutes, shot six for 12 from the field with 15 points and six rebounds. But in their scrimmage or exhibition game earlier this season versus Wayne State, he finished with 34 points and 11 rebounds on 12 of 25 shooting. So this is a guy that the offense has clearly been known to run through in their opening games. And I mean, he's excelled at it. He's taken on the role. I mean, he transferred in from Grand Canyon, if I remember right. And then he has sat behind Antoine Davis. So uh, very familiar with what uh, Detroit Mercy is trying to run. They run through their guards, can really get the ball into their shooter's hands and just let them go at it, create for themselves and just 
do what they want to do. And that's if they're comfortable in the scoring aspect, that's what they're going to do. Now for Eastern Washington, Eastern Washington, on the other hand, they're coming off an absolute brutal loss to Utah earlier this week. And then they have Ole Miss on Friday. So when I was looking and doing some research for Eastern Washington, their non-conference first four non-conference games was Utah, Ole Miss, Cincinnati, and then they play Stanford next week. That's a gauntlet of a non-conference schedule. But in their uh, opening game versus Utah, they played a, I believe it was nine or 10 men deep uh, on the depth chart. So they played a lot of quality guys and, I don't think anyone excelled more than 26 minutes. So they're really splitting minutes up. This is going to be a team that will use everyone. They all play significant minutes. But a guy that really stood out to me for Eastern Washington was redshirt freshman forward LaJuan Watts. He led the team in scoring on 7-9 from the field and finished with 15 points and 10 rebounds in their 101-66 loss for Utah. Versus Utah. So those are two guys definitely the Bearcats have to keep an eye on in Friday's match versus Detroit Mercy and Sunday's match versus Eastern Washington. How do you say it? Lawan? Lawan Watts. How do you spell Lawan? It is L E J U A N. Mm. All right. Folks just making names up now. Uh, <laughs> the Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. JT, you ever heard, you know anybody named Luan? Nah, nah, I don't know, no, 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 no Luan. Got to know some weird names, some different names, but no Luans. I know, I know a Juan. They just like mix LeBron, Luan, yeah, Luan, and just okay. We'll let Yo, that. We'll let that run freestyle. Yeah. Hey, so uh, for, for me. Um, what I'm looking for or who I'm looking to, to watch this weekend is is how Vic responds. I kind of alluded to this earlier at the beginning. Um, I, you know, Vic put in a lot of time this summer in this offseason. Um, Neil, and I, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but in some of the different pressers, I think we've heard about um, how much Vic has put into working on his three point shot. Correct. Correct. He's shooting about 40 percent this offseason on that three point shot. Yeah, and so we're supposed to see this this different Vic this year, and he's supposed to be able to step out, hit that three, do a lot of different things, and with Aziz and uh, and Millie out right now, uh, Vic has to step up with a larger role. So maybe you know he put a lot of pressure on himself that game one. I, I'm I'm not sure, but um, I'm expecting to see a better Vic uh, this weekend, Friday and Sunday. Um, and that's who I'm going to be looking for uh, to, to really break out. Now, JT, I want to go back quickly to uh, Rayvon. You mentioned Rayvon. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you had a lot of people asking why Rayvon uh, didn't play. From my yeah. understanding, did Coach Miller say that it was Coach's decision? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said it was a Coach's decision. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm I'm there at the game, and you could hear the crowd chanting for, for Rayvon, like, like they do for a walk-on. Yeah. Which I thought was a little bit odd. You know, it's like, man, you know, people were anticipating seeing Rayvon. But I, I tell you what, JT, I think I think he gets in this weekend. I think when he gets in, I think the crowd goes crazy. Oh, for sure. 100%. 100%. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how if he goes 10 deep or hopefully he goes 10 deep. I see that can, that, that can definitely happen. Um maybe see if him and Sage get in. But I think Ray should probably be a part of rotation until at least the big guys get back. You know what I mean? If that yeah. happens, um, I see it coming. I, I, I see it coming. Cause if you think about it, he'll probably fit in um, with, uh, with skillings being a little bit stronger. They might can just go like super ultra long with Ray skillings and, and uh John certain lineups. I like I like that in terms of length and athleticism. Right? Yeah, those three that guys are like strong. strong enough to be able to take a little bit more beating. You know what I mean? And then John's OG for the team, so he'll yeah, be able to do that. And you say how what? About, how about how about John's dunk? On oh the yeah, baseball? that was nice. Did you expect that? I was like, nah. I kind of saw it develop because I mean, you saw the shot clock go down, and he hit him with the first step in, and then you kind of saw the baseline free, but. 
I wasn't expecting him to take off like that, but I saw the baseline open up and watch it develop. But it, it what really surprised me about John Newman the other night, the, the dunk was pretty impressive, impressive. I'm not going to lie, but the chase down block, the possession before is what kind of got that people sitting there thinking they're like, Oh wow, John Newman's back. Cause there was a guy right in front of me and JT sitting meets and John went and got that block and he turned around and he was just absolute. He was like, Oh, that was nasty. And he was like, John Newman's back. And the next thing you know, he hits baseline, goes off two feet with like 0.6 left on the shot clock and just throws down that thunderous slam. And then he was like, John's back. John's back. And that's a great sign for the Bearcats because Wes Miller raved about how much John Newman meant to this team. And to have the start like he did versus UIC is a great, a great sign for Bearcats fans heading through this season. And you could see the confidence that John Newman has, and you could see the confidence that his teammates have in him. Um, he, he's definitely the glue to this basketball team. So um, he's going to be an important piece moving forward. The Big O segment was sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs to be better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control? Outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Give loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They have been in your position and would love to help solve your problems. You can contact them at 513-739-9473 or smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, this is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win both games this weekend? Both games. All right, so I'm going to sound like a broken record, but take the ball. But I think they got to get some steals, man. I think I don't think the rim protection will just change. I think it'll be better than the first game because they didn't have any legit scrimmages you know what i mean or not scrimmages they didn't have uh any uh exhibition games yeah. um this off season so that was their first legitimate game uh besides the you know sc- scrimmages and right. then um so i think they gotta they gotta be pests and get deflections and steals that way so i think that's the way they uh they can blow them out because i don't think they're going to get a ton of blocks i, I just don't see that right now but I think if they pester both teams and make them cough the ball up and, you know, get out of that, get out of their comfort zone, I think steals, I think they'll get a lot of layups. Cause I did like how the Bearcats were running in the fast break. They looked real good once they were gotten open court. So uh, the more they get in open court, I think the more they can run it up against both teams. <laughs> now, Neil, what do the Bearcats need to do to win big this weekend? They didn't win by 20 on Monday, um, like we were hoping. Um, but they'll have to correct a few things. But what do the Bearcats need to do to win big this weekend? Yeah, I think for the Bearcats to win big Friday night versus Detroit Mercy and Sunday versus Eastern Washington, they just have to play their own game. Just Obviously, the first game jitters came out. A great environment on Monday night versus UIC. But they come out there, they play their own game. I there was Like JT and you mentioned earlier, they're – most of those shots that they took on the three-point attempts, I know they struggled from behind the arc. They were good looks, but yeah. they just didn't fall. So, overall, for them to win big, I think they just have to continue to play their game, limit the turnovers, keep the turnovers under 10, but they're going to have to force a lot of turnovers on the defensive end. I can't remember what they finished with versus UIC. I know it was double digits, but they got to got to find a way to force maybe 15 or more turnovers and – really just take advantage of points off of turnovers and can't let easy, easy drives right to the baseline. So that's going to be my two points of emphasis is you got to win the turnover margin and you have to capitalize on, on said turnovers. And then you have to eliminate the straight line to the bait uh, to the basket on the drives. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota. And listen, I, I love what both of you guys uh, have just said because there's a lot of talk about improving defensively. Um, I, I think this basketball team is going to be fine on offense. It's just going to take a little time, get those jitters out. Um, they'll knock down those shots. I, I'm not overly concerned about that. But 
I think for these first couple games, it's about finding that consistency on defense. Uh, you made a good point, Neil, forcing more turnovers. And we've got to do that. And that that's that ball pressure. Um, and, and to your point, JT, I, I think this team has to be careful also trying to block shots without Aziz. Like Aziz is an elite shot blocker, JT. I don't yep. think we have anybody else that's an elite shot blocker. And, and the concern I have with, you know, Vic and others trying to block shots is you get into foul trouble. Mm -hmm. we, we can't afford right now to have that. You agree with that, JT? No, you can't, for sure. They got to just wall up and just go straight up. And if they could get it, get it, but don't get out of position trying to get it. You know what I mean? Got to live with being in the right spot and then securing the rebound. And, and I, I think I think defense travels with you the entire season. So if we can go into Big 12 play, what's the phrase? Is it BYU's the first? BYU's the first Big 12 game. Yeah. So, so yeah. getting ready for BYU. So if I'm if I'm coach, you know, Wes Miller, I'm thinking, how do we prepare ourselves to go to BYU and be the best defensive ball club we can on January? What is it? Ninth? What is? I don't, I'm not January ninth. January, it was that late. That's crazy. Yeah, we we got a little while. So okay, there's a lot of things that we need to do. I mean, and, and I think our schedule provides us that opportunity. Like we, so we're gonna play what next Sunday? We play NKU. Yeah, um, NKU brings back a lot of guys that you know offensively cause problems for other teams. You know, the Sam Vincents, the Trey Robinsons, those guys from NKU. So that's going to be another defensive test uh, for this basketball team. Then you go at Howard, um, you know, HBCU team. You're on the road. That's going to be a great opportunity to, to work on that defense on the road. So I think every step of the way is preparation for that BYU game. And I think if this basketball team can improve defensively every single game leading up to Big 12 playing in they can comfortably go in there saying we're a solid defensive basketball team. I, I, I think it helps you win a lot of basketball games. You're going to have more easy buckets. And yep. you, got, you guys know the math. And the math is this. When you're on defense, if you force the team to one shot and out, the chances of them making one shot only is very, very low. Yep. <laughs> Your percentages go up when you get a second and third chance. And in college yeah. basketball, usually if you get a second chance and third, it's going to go in. So, so one shot, one shot and out. Um, th 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 those are my thoughts, and I and I think, um, and, and Neil JT, you can chime in. I think the offense is gonna is gonna come together. I think a lot of that was just just nerves the first game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I would definitely agree with you, and I think we talk about this because we talk about a guy in Day Day Thomas who played his first ever Division One game. But then you look down, Seamus Lokosius played his first game as a Bearcat. Digital James played his first game as a Bearcat. There's quite a few guys who've played their first games as Bearcats. C.J. Frederick was another one. I mean, he, he lived up to his moment. I mean, just especially how he started, two from two from behind the arc. Like, you can see what he's capable of doing. But overall, like, these are a lot of guys who are still getting used to playing with each other. So the camaraderie and the chemistry is still being built. So people – well, they'll see it develop as the year goes on, and it's only going to get better as this season moves forward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I thought they got – I thought overall, like, the ball moved very well. Um, it might have been a couple times, but for a team that are, are still figuring each other out, I thought the ball popped. They got a real, real good shot. They just didn't hit them as much, but it wasn't like they were just like – I mean, it was only a couple of shots that were like, oh, man, but it was like mainly – I mean, out of their 50-something shots, I feel like only two or three were like, oh, that was, that was a bad shot or that was a little ugly. But everything else was on, on, on point, just bounced on out, just didn't get the shooter's roll. So, honestly, you can live with those shots because I feel like if you get the same shots on every game, they're going to make more than they miss. No, I I, I, I agree. And I, I'm going to go back to what we said, I think, in our first preview episode, and that is that non-conference schedule is going to allow for this basketball team to make a lot of mistakes, try some different mm -hmm. things. Um, AT, you mentioned a 10-man rotation potentially. I think yeah. you can afford to do that this weekend and see who, sure. right? See who does what. You talk, Rayvon has to get an opportunity to get out there and show what he can do. And 
and I think Rayvon's impact, um, and I, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I think Rayvon's impact right away is going to be defensively just because of his length and um, his energy, you know. And he's still learning a lot at the Division One level defensively. Yeah, for sure. Like that's why I think he has to get some burn this weekend because you got because like you got to see it. Practicing is one thing, but then in the game, it's a little bit different because you kind of know what's coming at you in practice. After a while, once you get acclimated, so you kind of know. Okay, I'm supposed to cut here. Okay, I know I'm supposed to stop this cut or whatever, or I'm supposed to do this or screen and slip. You you just know you know all the tendencies. Sometimes you still get beat, but in the game, you kind of know, but at the same time, it's a different person. So that's, they're running different sets. So he kind of he got to get his feet wet because, like, just that, um, not even to talk about Ray Ray Jizzle on defense. It was a couple times where he kind of made the initial first play, and then he kind of got he, he was sleeping on maybe the box out or a cut, but he got his feet wet. So I feel like now that's on tape. He can see that he can improve. So I, Ray Von needs that same. That same thing too. So, and against these teams, they can afford to do it, yep. and they, I think they have to do it just because he's too much. Of, he's too much of a talent. I feel like you got to get him out there. I don't want you don't want to lose him mentally. You know what I mean? I feel like he deserves. It. I mean, even if it's five to six minutes, let him get out there and get his feet wet. Because not like they're playing Arizona or Duke or somebody like that where you can destroy his confidence. These kids, the people they're playing against, aren't going to destroy his confidence. It's just that it'll, you'll have great teaching points. Yeah, and I, I'll piggyback off of that as what JT was saying. Uh, we talk about a guy in John Newman. When we asked Wes Miller, he even said it. Uh, it was a follow-up to the dunk, the dunk question. Uh, he even said it. Like, John Newman, uh, they had to kind of really restrict what they were doing with him in the offseason because they were trying to be cautious with him coming off an injury. They were trying to ramp him back up but be cautious with him doing so. And they, Wes Miller even said, like, John Newman was gassed near the start of the second half, and he was like, when John Newman's gas, like, you know, things are are still kind of like, hey, like he's not fully up to speed yet. But overall, seeing a guy like that quote there from Wes saying like, hey, you have two games in back to back days, basically. You know, you're playing that if they go with the same rotation they played versus UIC, which was the nine guy rotation. But even just to be cautious with the guy like John Newman, who's coming off the knee injury, CJ Frederick also said he kind of rolled an ankle, but he would be all, he was all fine after the game on Monday. So I mean, you have CJ Frederick who rolled an ankle, didn't say it was severe, just kind of said, yeah, he was fine. It was a minor thing, like he just rolled it. John Newman coming off the knee injury and he's not fully up to speed, like he's not 100% conditioned yet, is what Wes Miller said in the post game presser. Expect Ray to kind of might be able to see some time in these two games, especially with how close the time frame is and how. Uh, players' bodies react in that short time frame. I think we might see some time from uh, for Sage as well. Uh, Sage get out there and play a little bit because, like you said, uh, we got we got a long season ahead of us, and um, some of those guys that have been a little bit banged up, um, other guys need opportunities. Uh, I'd like to see Sage out there. We haven't really talked about him a lot. Yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, I feel like he need to get a few. Cause I'm, cause I'm thinking if if they don't if Sage isn't a part of the rotation, I mean I'm not saying he's supposed to be ten or more minutes, but right now then they can afford to put him out there. Um, if not, then I feel like you kind of have to put Reed as the backup five four mm-hmm. right now if you're not going to play Sage for the most part. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, we'll see. I definitely think he should get a few minutes and just to see how it goes. And like like I said, it's the competition shouldn't should afford for him to be able to both of them to be out there but i think i feel like yeah that's it's important for both of them to get some burn for sure yeah yeah i mean i'm excited to i'm excited to see a lot of our, our guys get a, a lot of opportunities and see what they can do this weekend so the kenyan segment keys to the game was sponsored by greg hooden at beachmont toyota come see fellow bearcat greg hooden at beachmont toyota for all your toyota needs cars trucks and suvs Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, the Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. Um, oh, before we jump into that hot topic, I, I've, I have to start with this. We got the starting lineup wrong. <laughs> <laughs> JT, 
Neil, me, we got it wrong. I get it wrong every year. I, I, I give up. This is the last year. I'm, I'm done trying. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was rough. It was rough. <laughs> I ain't think they were gonna go big. That was big. I didn't think Odie was gonna. I didn't think me, Odie was gonna. Be me either. That's I, I had Odie and Vic in both of mine. I had them going the big. The big line. Was, I think the only one I didn't have was Seamus Lukosius. You know what's what's I had crazy? Seamus and CJ. CJ flipped. What's crazy is the probable starters on the on our notes were Day Day, Dan, Seamus, Vic, and Odie. That's what they had on the on the on the um on our on our notes. What what notes are you talking about? The, the game notes, notes that David us. gives out. Oh really? Yep. Interesting. So that so was like it, so like that was it was even different because the only difference was Dan didn't start Dan and then um John started. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought Dan and John could possibly start on no, I forgot mine was oh no, I missed two. I didn't have Odie starting. I didn't have I don't think I had CMOS starting. Yeah, I flipped CMOS and CJ. That was mine. I, I thought I thought CMOS would start just from his veteran. Yeah, um, experience and just just help at the guard play position. So uh, I got I got to give a shout out to my guy Rich Owen. Um, Rich texts me and he he got the starting lineup right. Oh, nice. For the game. No, no, I didn't. I didn't have. I had Seamus. I didn't have. I had Dan and Odie. I didn't have Dan. In, well, no, I didn't have. I had yeah. didn't have Odie and then I had Dan in there. Dan didn't start. So that's two. That's what my that was my mess hey, up. Let's let's just let's just give up, man. We're, we're yeah, doing... it was all bad. <laughs> it was all bad. We we give up. And you know the starting line is probably going to change in the next couple games. It's just it's it, there's a lot of games to be played, and and, and West Miller is going to try different things. It could look totally different come January 9th True. at BYU, right? Yeah, uh, totally could. And I, I mentioned uh, my guy Rich um, and Mio's. He he got the starting lineup right. I've got to give this shout out real quick. I text with him and I promised him I would give him a shout out. That's my guy, Jake at Mio's. I got to give him a shout out because when the final four team, Corey Blunt, Nick Van Exel, uh, Terry Nelson, Keith Greger, A.D. Jackson, um, that whole crew showed up to Mio's after uh, Corey's Hall of Fame induction. Uh, those guys all went up to meals. I, I was there with them, and Jake did a fantastic job helping out, getting them food when the kitchen was closed. Uh, Jake really went above and beyond to take care of our uh, our Bearcat guys. So definitely shout out Jake. Um, and and then bef before we get into the hot topic here, uh, Neil, can you give an update real quick on the two Bearcats that just signed? Yeah, so you're talking about, obviously, Tyler McKinley and Tyler Betsy. Tie and tie. <laughs> uh, two top 100 prospects. Uh, for those who weren't at Tyler signing day yesterday, uh, we were unable to attend, but we, able, we were able to catch a live stream of it. Tyler's uh, head coach at Winton Woods uh, has developed a lot of good prospects here out of the Cincinnati area. His most recent one was uh, Darius Baisley, who is now in the NBA. So anybody who has followed Darius Baisley's career, I mean, I was in the same class of high school with him, so I definitely remember playing against him growing up. Uh, he's now bounced around to a couple teams, but he's had a great NBA career. Uh, he has worked with a lot of guys, so that is one reason why Tyler thought it was great to come home, develop uh, back at Winton Woods, just because Coach Pilgrim has the opportunity and his resume of working with uh, really talented guys here in the Cincinnati area. But Coach Pilgrim gave him high praise and was like, Tyler's just not even scratching the surface of what he can do. And Coach Pilgrim really called out the Raiders at On3, ESPN, Rivals, 247, any recruiting sites, and was like, you guys need to go back and watch the film because I can promise you that he – he himself thinks Tyler McKinley will be a top 25 prospect by the time it was all said and done within the class of 2024. So that is huge praise just because we've all seen what Tyler has been able to do. He's been able to, he's a really versatile front court player. 
can score on all three levels, but he can do so many different things. And I mean, the thing that really stands out the most about Tyler is what he is able to do with the ball in his hands in terms of passing. He might be one of the best passers in the class of 2024. And that is incredible, especially at his size and what he is able to do. He's able to run the court really well. He's able to move up and down. He's going to do a lot of great things for the Bearcats fans. But then we flip the page over to Tyler Betsy and Tyler Betsy is a guy who saw his recruitment jump over the last year and a half. He is coached by former Bearcat point guard Kane Broom. Yes, sir. There at Thomas More Prep up in Connecticut. So Kane Broom is doing a fantastic job at developing him up there at St. Thomas More. But Tyler Betsy is going to be a fun player. He's going to be a fun player. And, I mean, there's reasons why many schools were highly, highly on him during his recruitment process. And I think the thing that really stands out about Tyler's Betsy is his energy and just the way he plays the game. He plays the game in the right way. I mean, for those who watched his commitment video on 247 Live, like that was a raw emotion. Like you can see the emotion and the energy he plays with, but that commitment video where he came out and committed to the University of Cincinnati, I think he sat there and spoke about his mom and dad for about four and a half minutes. And what they did for him. So that just overall just says a lot about the young man and what kind of person the Bearcats are getting. But man, those are two two exciting, exciting prospects that Wes Miller has locked in, both top hundred recruits and are poised for big senior season. So those are two big guys coming into Cincinnati. Hey, Neil, real quick, um, you know, a couple of things I want to touch on that you mentioned. Uh Coach Pilgrim. At Wynwoods, you're, you're, you're so right on that. He's worked with a lot of uh, players from our area. Uh, you mentioned Baisley, uh, Bowen Hardman, who's uh, at Ohio State, who looked at the University of Cincinnati as well. Um, he worked with him quite a bit. And if you if you, if you guys don't know Bowen Hardman's story, it's a really good story. Um, kid out of Princeton, his father uh, passed away during you know his high school career, and um, just a really touching story and pilgrim is a great great dude great human being um he's going to do wonders for tyler um i'm going to say this over and over again tyler mckinley will be a pro um i firmly firmly believe that so i'm excited to uh see tyler in a bearcat uniform and then uh, you mentioned kane broom i do want to say real quick we, we need to make sure that bearcat fans show kane broom a lot of love for uh helping in the recruiting process um, getting Tyler, the other Tyler, um, to, to come to the University of Cincinnati. So that's that's definitely big. So shout out those two guys. Looking forward to seeing them in a Bearcat uniform in the future. Uh, okay, now with the direction of the program, you've got recruiting going the way it is, like Neil just talked about. You've got this Big 12. Um, we have a lot of good players that will be returning in the future. JT, I want to start with you. Our hot topic question is, with all this going on, how soon do you think it is before the Bearcats are in a preseason top five list, team in the country, and picked to be back in the Final Four? Top five? Ooh-wee. Hmm. Man, I know that's a big pause. I'm going to say <laughs> – <laughs> I'm gonna give it two years. If okay. we can keep this talent coming in like this, two years. Yeah, be fair. Two years. You keep the talent in here and keep develop the developing these young men. Yeah, because you got you know potential when they got a top what 25 class right now with those two, I believe. Top 15, I think. Yeah, something super high right now. Um, possibly you can move up to a top 10 class. Um, the guys they got last year, they keep these young men here and not in the transfer portal. Uh, I think they can give them two years that they're like a top five type team because the talent is just incre increasing. If they had the two guys that transferred in this year right now, this team would definitely be um, looked at a little bit differently. But I still think they have the talent to compete very well. So um, I'll give it two years. Like it. Neil? I'm going to get. I'm going to go with three years. And my reason being is I think it's a great point. As JT mentioned, the recruiting talent is only going up from here. I mean, we saw it uh, Wes's first year 
And then last year he brings in guys like Landers Nolly out of the portal to pair alongside David Julius. And then this season, you talk about the recruiting class. He lands two top 100 prospects in Jizzle James and Rayvon Griffith. But then you lock down two in Tyler Betsy and Tyler McKinley, who we just talked about. But if we can keep that coming at the rate it's coming or even maybe get keep going, maybe get three top hundreds each year, it's not going to be long before the Bearcats are in potential conversations for a top five, top 10 program. But I definitely think it'll be about three years just with the way that Wes Miller and his staff are out recruiting right now. And I mean, you look back and you've seen what he's able to do. I mean, you gone in the portal, you land guys, obviously Aziz and Jamil are ineligible right now because of this whole waiver mess and whatever it is. Uh, They're ineligible, but then you also look at what he was able to do and bring in via transfer portal. We look at a guy like Landers Nolly, who's now in the NBA G League from last season. He brings in a key addition in Simus Lukosius this season to pair alongside Jizzle James and Rayvon. And then he brings in a guy like Day Day to pair with them. Overall, I think it's just going up from here. I think Wes Miller and his staff are doing a great job at hitting the, uh, getting the right guys that define what a Bearcat is. And for those who followed or covered the program, like we all have, or who have played like me, you've played. So, you know, exactly what a true definition of a Bearcat is. They're going after the right people and it's going to come a lot sooner than people expect. I, I agree. And the Twyman segment is sponsored by visionary cleaners. So let, let's, uh, okay. So both you guys have, have said um, it's going to be a short period. I agree with that. JT, you said two. Neil, you said three. I'm going to go with two. Uh, what's that, 2025-2026 season? Um, I believe is when I think uh, that will happen. And, and a couple things I want to point to. If we go back in history, we look at Bob Huggins, right? Bob Huggins comes in and, you know, he builds things here very, very quickly. And there were a couple things that he had in place for his ingredients for success. And I believe Wes Miller, there's some things that are very, very similar to what Wes is doing, what Hugs is doing or, or did. I mean, think about this too. Like the first year uh, Huggins gets here, um, it was shortly after that he gets the whole Nike deal and then it became the Jordan deal. Wes gets here. Now we got the Jordan deal back. Um, you know, Hugs had a plan in terms of recruiting. Uh, Wes has a tremendous plan in terms of recruiting and quickly getting high level guys. And Huggins was embraced by this community. And Wes has done a great job being embraced by this community. He's connected very well. So I think you put all those ingredients together. Now you get extra resources from the community. And I think this program is going to continue to take off. So 2025, 2026, I think this team, as uh, JT would say, is cooking with grease. Um, and with the with the in, influx of foreign players in the NBA draft, in the NIL, let me repeat this, with the influx of foreign players in the NBA draft, in the NIL money, I think more guys will be willing to stay in college for a little bit longer to position themselves better in the NBA draft. So that means... You've got some guys that are on this Bearcat roster that I think have the potential to be in the NBA eventually that will stay longer because of that foreign influx in the draft, NIL money. So I I, I think some of these guys coming back, you've got the Big 12. uh, That style of play in the Big 12 is going to suit this Bearcat team very, very well. Wes is recruiting at a high level. And another thing we can't sleep on, and JT knows this. Neil, you know this. You cannot sleep on the Jordan deal is going to open the doors to other recruits. Uh, that's a real thing. JT, you're nodding your head. Yes. It is a that's real the, thing. Uh, uh, 3,000%. Like this, this is with how they recruit already. Getting the Jordan deal is like, I'm telling you, it's like the – it's icing the icing on the cake. cake, man. Because these kids, like, even when they were wearing Under Armour, like, the Under Armour deal was good for the school, so I'm not dissing the Under Armour deal itself, but nobody ever liked Under Armour. Like, just, 
right. know I know vendors. You know vendor. Um, one of one of the better boutiques, one of the best boutiques in the Midwest. Uh, you know, don't carry Under Armour like that. You know, and that's not a diss to Under Armour. These young kids, they're wearing Under Armour. They're either you see them in either Vans, uh, Crocs, or Jordans <laughs> or Nike. Like you know what I mean? Like they're not wearing Curry's outside of playing on the court. And a lot of people do wear court curries. And that's I give them a little something, but it's nothing else. You know what I mean? So it's not a uh, not a part of the let's see the culture. Yes, you know yeah. what I'm saying. That's and Jordans are ingrained in the culture, and most of the kids that are that are very good are a part of the culture. So it's easier to recruit kids because yep. you can give them free Jordans. <laughs> yep. And let let me let me break something down as well. Um, you have to look at it like this as well. So you've got, you know, your Nike, your Jordan, your Adidas, and your Under Armour. So they're sponsoring different college basketball teams. And what happens is, um, so let's say there's a top guy and he's on the, you know, Under Armour circuit or he's on the Nike EYBL circuit. They want to push these kids to go to, if you're on the EYBL circuit, Nike wants to push those guys to Jordan and Nike schools. And the yes. reason is, they go there, they continue that relationship, and let's say that Nike kid or Jordan kid that was with Jordan, let's say, let's say, let me break it down simpler. Let's say a kid played for Chris Paul's team, which is a Jordan team. They play on the EYBL circuit. They push that kid to go to the University of Cincinnati, which is a Jordan school now. Now, let's say that kid is eligible to go to the NBA draft, gets drafted. Now, the Jordan people want that kid to be a Jordan athlete in the NBA. And that's when the money really kicks in. So the return on the investment for that shoe company kicks in at that point. If you go back and rewind the tape and you look at how much money, Neil, you're great with research. I would say that LeBron James has probably made Nike a billion dollars easily. Easily. Right? Easily. So these companies don't want to miss out on that next guy that potentially could move that needle a billion dollars, become a global superstar. And it starts back at the grassroots level. And the grassroots level is AU and high school and pushing that kid to a Nike and Jordan school. And you're going to see that start to happen. And you talk about that. Look at two, two guys where you mentioned the return on investment who just got drafted in the first round this year from a particular school in the Big 12, a.k.a. Houston, and Marcus Sasser and Jerace Walker, who both wore Jordans at Houston, and what happened right as soon as they got to the league? Jordan shoe deal. Yep. It's a, it's primed to happen, and I think that's a great point that you mentioned because it's, it's just primed to happen in today's world. That's so that's, that's a great example because if you're looking at it, Yep. Marcus Nasser balled out at Houston. Look what he's doing right now to start his career up there in Detroit. 25 points a game, roughly. That's 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 that re that's that return on the investment. So that helps out the University of Cincinnati. So these kids that are on the EYBL, which um, and I'm in the AU world, I'm just going to say it. EYBL is the top circuit in all of basketball right now for grassroots. And so if those EYBL kids get pushed to go to the University of Cincinnati, that just helps us out, period. Um, and so with all that being said, um, I'm in agreement that that 2025-2026 season, I think we're going to start seeing all these experts on Twitter, or is it X, whatever they call I'm not going to call it X. On Twitter, um, on ESPN, are going to be talking about the Bearcats top five program in the country and then hopefully from there you see that that type of level sustained so that's the one thing that made hugs so special is when hugs got the groups to the top they stayed at the top for so long right we talked about Corey blunt before um herb jones when he started getting those classes in it didn't stop man then you got the Kenyon martins jt and then you got the Dermar Johnsons, the Kenny Satterfield, the yep. Jason. It didn't stop. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't. It, it was, he had it rolling. So I see, I just feel like Wes has a chance to to possibly do something similar. You just, yeah. So, you know, it's a little different with NIL, more so the transfer portal. But I feel like 
people want to play for him. So I just think it's going to go in the right direction. Get some dubs. He got the Jordan deal back. Um, he's doing all the right things. So I just feel like they're, they're moving in the right direction. And in a few years, people are really going to be like excited. And you're playing against, in a Big 12, man. That's an easy sell on top of that, too. So you got Jordan Brand back, a, a coach that lets you play uh, freely, and you're in a Big 12. I mean, where, where else could you make a name in college basketball in the Big 12? So come to Cincinnati, right? I, I mean, that's pretty much it. And, and here and here it is as a recruit, you know, if I'm a big-time player and I see the Bearcats playing in the Big 12 and I think, oh, if I dominate in the Big 12, that puts me in a different level in terms of the NBA draft, right? It's like, oh, this, this kid dominated the best conference, you know, in the country. So he's yep. got to be a top pick, right? Exactly. So there, therein lies. Uh, the ingredients is there. Um, and I, I think – I well, let me say this. I know we keep talking about Aziz and Millie. We get those two guys. I hope if we get those two guys, I think we could do a lot of damage this year. And you yeah. know how it is. This is going to be an NCAA basketball team, tournament team, period. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer they will make the NCAA tournament. How far they go – you know, obviously we don't know that, but if they could yeah. make make some strides in that, that helps with recruiting. Then yeah. that next class the year after, and then they're gonna make a run. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. What yeah. do you say? Cooking with grease? Yep, for sure. Yeah, sure. Starting to sizzle for sure. <laughs> Starting to sizzle. <laughs> the Twyman segment was sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a local-owned company by former Bearcat student-athletes. They specialize in high-quality commercial cleaning of businesses, apart and pre- and post-construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contact on the web at visionarycleaners.com. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hooden at Beachmont, Toyota, and 93 Ways to Mentor. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat and football basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. And remember... We will be live doing a podcast this season. We'll be announcing which game that will be uh, very soon. It will be a Bearcat away game. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice, whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Go Bearcats!